Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. Since March 2020, there have been more than 11,000 hate incidents against Asian American and Pacific Islander communities in the United States. A stunning 40% of those incidents have happened in California, and many have taken place on public transit. To address this, State Senator Dave Min of Orange County introduced Senate Bill 1161. The bill would require California's 10 largest public transit agencies to study the problem and form a plan to curb it. The UT editorial board met on Tuesday with Senator Min, as well as Cynthia Chue and Manju Kulkarni, who are co-founders of the Stop AAPI Hate Coalition. Here's our conversation. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you on behalf of of everyone who's working hard to address the surge in anti-Asian hate, uh, especially um, in our state of California. Um, And I want to just acknowledge your recent coverage of Senator Min's bill, uh, Senate Bill 1161. Um, And I think it was a really great piece that really describes what it is, you know, that we're we're trying to do. Um, I will um, be facilitating this discussion and and hopefully um, direct questions um, when we get to that portion. But my job this morning is to really just, again, for those who haven't um, been following this issue closely, just to paint a broader picture. Um, So as you may know that um, our organizations came together to respond to the surge in anti-Asian hate, although not new, um, certainly unprecedented in terms of um, in more recent times. Our most recent two-year report, two full years of collecting firsthand accounts by community members, um, nearly 11,500 from across the country. Um, And 40% of those incidents are coming from within the state. Um, And so, um, you know, we've maintained from the very beginning that this is just the tip of the iceberg of what members of our community are dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Um, And what we do know um, that is consistent in terms of the patterns is that um, a majority of these incidents are non-criminal, but they need to be taken seriously. Um, And harassment on the streets and in private businesses, including uh, public transit, are the sites in which vulnerable community members continue to experience harm and harassment. And of course, this isn't something that is unique to our community. There are other vulnerable communities as well who rely on public transit. And it's created so much fear that members of our community are literally changing their routines, their daily routines, their behavior out of fear for their safety. Uh, And again, just reiterating that it's not just the API community, but it's women, Black people, trans people, and other marginalized folks. And let's face it, these are individuals who do rely on public transit. These are people who don't have a choice to take private car. Um, And so with that context, I'd love to hand it over to my partner, Manju Kulkarni, who can talk to you specifically about what's happening in, in San Diego. 
Thanks, Sin. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, as uh, as she pointed out, you know, this is something that has impacted our community nationally. Um, and we know that in California, we've seen 40% of all of those incidents. Um, so over, um, you know, 4,000 of them um, come from our state. And then very specifically in San Diego, we have received 183 uh, total reports um, uh, since we began collecting that information in March of 2020. 64% uh, of the total incidents involve um, verbal harassment uh, or hate speech. 74% take place. Um, in spaces open to the public. So public streets, parks, uh, businesses, and transit. Uh, and we know that 56% um, of those uh, San, uh, San Diego incidents have been reported by women. So we see the issues involving intersectionality and vulnerable communities often, in addition to women, LGBTQ, uh, seniors and youth being targeted. We have received local support um, for um, our bills, Jack Shu, the vice mayor of La Mesa um, and the La Mesa City Council have signed in support of SB 1161, um, as well as the bill that we'll be talking about later, AB 2448. Um, and so, you know, for us, this is really such a critical issue because California's public transit systems provide a crucial service to local communities. And you know, studies show that many women, both uh, trans as well as cisgender and other vulnerable communities, as I said, are experiencing their harassment. And as Cynthia pointed out, are really changing their patterns of behavior on a day-to-day -day basis uh, because of the harassment that they're facing. So SB 1161 will require the 10 largest transit operators in California um, to gather research on street harassment of women and other vulnerable populations and to develop data-driven initiatives to help in preventing street harassment um, on public transit systems. So what we're looking to do is increase the safety and help um, incentivize really ridership because you know, we know, um, you know climate change affects all of us. We're certainly trying to utilize the great systems that we have across our state, ensure that people use them. And by the way, I will add that you know, when we look at what's happening on the business side, in fact, a number of incidents there involve um, those rider, uh, rideshare companies. Um, and so that is not necessarily an alternative for individuals who are seeking a safe way to get to work, to get to the grocery store, um, to pick up their kids uh, from school and extracurriculars. Um, so we really, uh, with, I'm gonna turn it over now to Senator Min um, and really just appreciate our conversation today. Uh, thank you. And I just wanna echo the comments of our sponsors here. Um, the bill itself as the specifics would require um, the top 10 public transit agencies in California uh, to recognize street harassment as a safety concerns explicitly as they're thinking about how to operate their public transit systems, uh, and then to gather and analyze data on street harassment, uh, both 
uh, on the actual vehicles, but in and around as well, the, the various transit stops and stations. Uh, and then using that data to develop and implement plans to address street harassment using non-carceral, non-criminalization, non-law enforcement-based approaches. I should mention as an aside, there's nothing stopping these agencies from deciding that, that those types of approaches might be appropriate. But as far as the four corners of, of this particular uh, legislation, it would uh, emphasize non-carceral, non-criminal approaches uh, in thinking about how to plan, design, and operate their systems. Um, this has a $30 million price tag, and, and that is something that we are trying to engage support around because right now it's not currently funded. Uh, we're working with Senate appropriations and assembly appropriations to try to see what avenues are available to fund this. But we, we think it's, uh, you know, a, 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 the epitome of good investments, because uh, as, as Manju mentioned, uh, we think that one of the main concerns right now with public transit is, of course, safety. Uh, and this uh, doesn't obviously just affect Asian Americans or, or APIs, but also uh, all sorts of other people who feel unsafe or harassed or uncomfortable riding public transit. Uh, as, as we emerge out of COVID, we think um, that having increased confidence in safety and autonomy while running public transit uh, will help to create a virtuous circle by which um, these transit systems will see increased ridership. And, you know, as, as far as the API issue, uh, one in 10 of the reported incidents of API hate, uh, as collected by Stop API hate, uh, were on, on public transit across the country. And so we can extrapolate those numbers to California. Uh, we know this is a significant problem. And we also know it's underreported because um, there's not really avenues right now to report these types of incidents. So um, we, we think this is an issue that we want to address. We think it's, it's going to help uh, address anti-Asian hate, but also help with many other vulnerable communities. And I, I think, as Manju mentioned, uh, this is really an equity issue at the end of the day, because the people that tend to ride public transit the most that actually rely on it for their daily lives tend to be lower income, uh, often people of color, uh, and and yet they they also often feel uh, unsafe uh, in different ways in riding public transit. So we think this is an important bill, uh, and it starts with the premise that when you're in a government-funded uh, public space, uh, including public transit, that that you ought to feel safe from harassment. I'm turning it over back to Cynthia, but go ahead. <laughs> Thank you, Senator Min. Um, I think this would be a great time to address any questions that you have, and I can um, help to facilitate this portion. Uh, so I'd love to just open it up to any and all questions. Uh, Senator Mann, if you could just start by telling us where the bill is. Obviously, there's three weeks left in the session. <laughs> where, where are you? What hurdles does it need to clear? What, what are its prospects? Uh, so I think at this point, it needs to go to the assembly floor. Uh, we expect it'll have the votes there. Um, and then uh, after that, it would need to be signed by the governor. Now, uh, we are fairly confident that the bill will get through the legislature, uh, but I think, and signed by the governor, the, the major challenge here is finding the funding for it. And while we've uh, changed the language uh, so that it, it actually does not require the $30 million uh, to be uh, earmarked by the legislature, uh, it can't right now. I believe the bill has language that says that the funding can come from existing grants or existing uh, programs. Uh, but the challenge here is where do we actually get the money to get this going? And uh, if, if we can find it in the legislature somewhere in the appropriations process, that will uh, fast track and actually make it uh, tangible as, as far as implementation schedule. So uh, we see that as the real bottleneck right now. Uh, 
I may add too that um, the bill has received bipartisan support. Um, it really has had no opposition. In fact, major transportation agencies like LA Metro, BART, and others have, um, you know, co-sponsored. And so, in in so many ways, this is a, a no-brainer. And the and the money that uh, is tied to that really um, uh, shouldn't be a barrier to um, actually addressing some basic public transit safety issues, longstanding ones. Yeah, and and uh, just to add on, thank you for that, Cynthia. The, the bill clearly has a lot of support. I mean, it has sailed through. Uh, this, this is a candidate, I think, for consent, unanimous consent in the assembly. Uh, the challenge is not so much getting a legislature. It's, it's finding $30 million, and of course, in a zero-sum game that is our budget, uh, $30 million, while, while again, we think this is a wise and modest investment, is a significant chunk of money that people want for various uh, different purposes. And I think we're taking a holistic approach and saying, look, this is 10 transit agencies that serve countless millions of Californians. Uh, this serves low, predominantly lower income communities. Um, and this is important, but it's also something that uh, you know, doesn't ha naturally have like a lot of interest groups as, as champions other than the ones you see on this call. And so we're hoping to garner support uh, from different communities so that we can put pressure on the legislature and the different committees that, that can help us get to the end leadership that can help us to the point where we want. Uh, but we need to find that funding. Um, we think this is, again, a, a very important investment that will pay off many multiples. Uh, it is uh, a very prudent investment, but right now we don't have that funding. Where do you hope it comes from? Obviously, there's a lot of money on the table, but a lot of hands trying to grab it. Um, so th there's different pathways. And again, I, I I should say I'm a second year senator and, and the budget and appropriations process, as you uh, probably know, are uh, very complex things that I'm, I'm still learning a lot about. But I'm, I'm told there's numerous pathways as we finalize both the budget uh, and, and get to appropriations. So um, you know, at any point in time, if, if this is uh, made a priority, by say the appropriate chair or leadership in, in either or both houses of the legislature. Um, my understanding is we can find ways to get this funded, but uh, again, finding that chunk of 30 million is, is gonna be the challenge and, and getting folks to commit to, to carving that out for this purpose. And then question for you, Cynthia, before I kick the mic to my colleagues, can you put in context the 10 transit agencies? How, how many transit agencies are in the state of California? What percentage of ridership in the state is in those 10? I mean, I'm more, looking for some context and, and why was the number 10 chosen? Um, well, I'll have to get back to you on some of those details, but the, the top 10 were chosen because they represented the largest transportation agencies in the state of California. San Diego County has the third largest and we are talking about tens of millions of, of individuals. And I also want to put into context that um, Transportation agencies are really in trouble when people, riders, don't feel safe. Um, and there is an issue around this being like a basic, you know, business proposition that if people don't feel safe um, to take transportation, it, it's something, it'll be something of a last resort. I don't know how many of you rely on public transportation or have had, can recall these negative experiences. Um, but I have so many, so many um, that I can recall. 
And uh, this seems like just a such a basic issue to address. And so that's why I think we put so much energy into this bill because we knew that it would impact so many in the state of California. But I can get back to you on the actual numbers um, in the state. And that'd be great. And just to follow up, initially the bill covered all public transit agencies and, and uh, the amendment was taken to get more support to make it the 10 largest, which cover uh, the vast majority of public transit riders in the state. Um, it, it just some of the rural systems don't get covered. Uh, but this covers just for context, LA County Metro. Uh, it covers the city and county of San Francisco Muni, uh, San Diego Metro uh, MTS, uh, SF BART, uh, Alameda Contra Costa Transit District, uh, Orange County Transportation Authority, which is my district, Long Beach Transit, Santa Clara Valley Transportation Authority, BTA, BTA City of Los Angeles, and Sacramento Regional Transit District. So as you can see, it covers uh, the big cities. It covers all the different agencies you'd expect. Uh, and, and also, we see this as really where the problems are, right? I'm just wondering if you could share with us what organizations in San Diego you've been working with to try to get a lot of this information out, um, just you know, because we're local here in San Diego. Yeah, um, I believe that we um, have engaged many, many organizations, including San Diego. Um, there is a coalition that we, we are working with. Um, the name escapes me at this very second, um, but it is a coalition that works with primarily um, Asian American and some Pacific Islander uh, groups um, uh, countywide. And it's also um, where I think we got a lot of support and interest. Um, and they've been actually very vocal um, about the rise in anti-Asian hate and, and um, hate in general in, in the state, because of course um, we do have documentation that this is, this is an issue and a problem for our state writ large. Um, but if you give me a moment, I can, I can actually get the name of that coalition for you. And what we can do as well is share with you our fact sheet, which lists all the supporting organizations, um, if that's helpful. So um, uh, sometimes it's hard for us outside of San Diego to tell exactly which ones because it's not obvious from the name. Um, but we, um, you know, as Cynthia and Senator Min mentioned, we um, have had no opposition whatsoever and have, you know, um, tens of organizations that have supported. Yeah, I just dropped in the chat. It's the Asian Solidarity Collective, and it's made up of uh, scores and scores of nonprofits um, trying to address numerous issues, equity issues, including um, hate against um, our communities. You mentioned that the bill would emphasize non-carceral and non-criminal enforcement. What might that look like? Senator Min, would you like to take that? Yeah, it's a great question. And so uh, one example we often point to is the Bay Area Rapid Transit has started using ambassadors. Um, and, and these are folks that are not armed. They're employees. They're trained to deal with intervention. And what they're just trained for really is to look for signs of conflict or signs of harassment uh, and then to intervene. And that, that may just be saying hello, uh, being friendly. Uh, but they have found that that often diffuses these types of situations. I, I think perhaps training for existing operators might be appropriate. 
uh, lighting in certain areas. Um, and one of the reasons we emphasize non-carceral, non-law enforcement uh, is that it's often the case that the people that we're talking about are either mentally ill uh, and or are engaging in non-criminal behavior. So there's not always a criminal or LE approach that might address these problems. You know, if, if someone's running after or following me around from car to car, getting off at my station, uh, looking menacing, but not actually getting in my personal space, not actually uh, assaulting me, uh, even if they're calling me racial slurs as part of that, that probably does not rise to the level of a crime. And I think any DA or police officer would say that there's not anything they can do. At the same time, the presence or intervention of a police officer could potentially exacerbate the situation. Uh, so uh, we're trying to look for solutions that diffuse the not only the, the actual criminal stuff, where, where I think law enforcement is appropriate, but also like the 90 percent or whatever the number is of harassment incidents that that are just deeply offensive. They're, they're troubling. They, they disturb one's sense of, of safety and autonomy, uh, but don't rise to the actual level of a crime under our criminal laws. And, and, and we think that's an important set of, of uh, interactions that just right now gets totally overlooked by the system. Yeah, and again, I data is supposed to drive this. And so we, these are some suggestions as far as the things I mentioned, but of course we want data to drive the solutions. We want the agencies to come up with their solutions, ideally. Great. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. Well, and what I wanted to add is the fact that we did a national survey um, with the Edelman uh, data and intelligence team that found that AAPIs do not identify police as one of the top three solutions that they're seeking. Our data shows that 85% of incidents um, do not involve a crime whatsoever, right? So we really have to look outside of policing and criminal law enforcement um, for those solutions. Um, as Senator Min mentioned, you know, oftentimes, uh, especially African-American and uh, brown communities feel targeted, um, even when police in transit systems um, you know, for race neutral reasons, including fair inspection and patrolling, the research shows that they disproportionately stop black and brown riders. And I can tell you that um, as uh, someone that is on the statewide uh, race and identity profiling board, um, there's ample evidence uh, in reports that we've done with the Department of Justice that show that this is in fact the case. And, and similarly with LGBTQ populations, the Williams Institute at UCLA Law School has shown that there's uh, quite a bit of mis uh, mistreatment of LGBTQ populations by law enforcement, and that includes in the transit um, specific context as well. Thank you for that. I'd also, she said 85%, oh. I said 90, you should trust her number. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's significant, I think is what we're trying to say. Um, two other points that I, I would uh, like to make in, in response to your question, which I think is a good one, is that um, often what we are seeing is that in many on many transportation agencies and platforms that it's very difficult to find any personnel whatsoever. And so when I've taken public transportation in the evening, the fact that I, uh, I, I can't find personnel, um, and this is a community ambassadors program was started in uh, San Francisco Bay Area, that these like, people can actually be resourced 
folks. So people who are experiencing medical emergency um, are, are people who are much more equipped to de-escalate. Um, we have too many incidents, too many lives lost when we've had armed personnel. And so obviously whatever we put forward, it's all about making sure that everyone is safe. Um, and then um, the other example of non-carceral approaches is, is taking an education-centered approach. Um, I hate to be so Bay Area-centric, but this other example is also from BART, which um, launched a Not One More Girl campaign where it worked with youth and other impacted uh, writers who experienced harassment. Um, and so this was a campaign that involved folks who were directly impacted to send the message that this is not okay. This is not something that we should tolerate. In so many ways, the work that we're doing is about culture change. And for too long, we have said that women and other vulnerable communities should just learn to navigate and deal with this. And um, in, in, in this way, I think the bill is so groundbreaking and California could once again lead the nation. So um, just to clarify, you said that the bill emphasizes these kinds of approaches, but technically the agencies can take whatever the approach they see fit. Uh, there's actually language in the bill that Senator Min can talk about what it can and can't do. Yeah. Yeah, and my understanding is that the bill, for purposes of the funding that we're providing, and so the $30 million is meant to provide both uh, funding to collect the data, but also design solutions. That funding uh, is limited to non-carceral law enforcement approaches. Uh, but obviously, if, uh, say, Caltrans uh, or BART or, or OCTA uh, take the data and determine that actually they also need, say, more police or armed security on site in certain locations, uh, they can then use separate sources of funding and separate programs to, to try to address that. Uh, so the data is meant to be data, right? But but as far as the four corners of, of this bill and the funding that is meant to provide, uh, that is supposed to you know be entirely and exclusively based on, on non-carceral, non-law enforcement. Uh, you mentioned the BART program. Are there other agencies that are working on this issue, not because it may soon be mandated, but because it is obviously a problem? And what's being yeah. done? Um, Munja, do you want to talk about LA Metro? Sure. Um, so there's uh, been a report by LA Metro, it was issued in 2019, uh, of uh, women's experiences in public transit and the LA system. And they found that, you know, fear of harassment led to significant behavioral changes by women riders, including leaving a bus or a train mid-trip to avoid harassment. Um, uh, they avoided travel often in the evenings uh, and sometimes in particular settings like private uh, crowded buses uh, and trips that included walking alone, especially at night. So they've done a wonderful report. We can share it with you um, either in the chat or after this call, but really looks at a number of the factors that both drive ridership by women and also um, cause women to avoid it. Uh, and, you know, in addition to the point that Cynthia made about, you know, having additional personnel, sometimes it can even just mean additional lighting. 
right? I mean, often when we go to public transit um, and especially metros in a lot of our big cities, whether it's uh, Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York, Boston, they're often dark. Um, you know, there's, uh, and if you're there in the evening and there are very few people, um, sometimes even just additional lighting can cause perpetrators to think twice before they engage in those type of activities. So really trying to take a broad-based approach to safety um, uh, and knowing that it's not just simply about policing. We saw that in Brooklyn, in fact, there were many police that were on site in the public transit system and that did not stop an active shooter from shooting and injuring many individuals on the New York subway system. Well, I'm just looking at the time and uh, Senator Min, I believe you had um, uh, to, to end here. And I wanted to just give you an opportunity to um, say the last word. And then I know we're gonna be welcoming uh, Assembly Member Ting very shortly. I just wanna thank the sponsors again, um, not just the ones on this call, but, but across California uh, for all your tremendous support. Uh, again, we think this bill uh, it serves a lot of purposes. It, it, it is an important bill in the Stop API Hate Movement, just because so much of anti-Asian hate is taking place in our public spaces and is taking place specifically in public transit. Uh, but we also think this is a bill that uh, will help to empower and, and increase the safety, sense of safety and security uh, of our allies and other marginalized communities, the LGBT community. Uh, women obviously feel unsafe in public transit many times. Uh, lower income, black and brown people often feel harassed. So uh, this is a bill that will serve those purposes. It's an equity bill, uh, but it's also a bill that, as it was stated num numerous times, it makes just perfect sense from a fiscal and business perspective. Um, we know the transit is suffering. It's not seeing restored ridership. Uh, and as we move out of COVID, it's becoming clearer and clearer that that's not just because of fears of COVID or fears of mass transit. Uh, a lot of times it is fear of safety and, and to the extent that this bill makes people feel safe, secure in riding public transit um, and be great. And I, I will just say, I took the LA uh, Metro to see a Rams game last year and, and there was a gentleman following us around. I don't think it was an anti-Asian hate issue, but uh, he, he was clearly armed, talking to himself and I, I didn't feel safe. And I, know, I don't know if this bill solves that problem, but uh, there clearly are a lot of issues around safety and security and autonomy on public transit that we think this bill will also help. So uh, we ask for your support. Thank you for your great coverage on this bill and so many other things. Um, and uh, look forward to, to continuing conversation with you.